0: Welcome to the April 18th edition of the PFF forecast. We've got a great show here today. We're going to predict the first 12 picks in the 2021 NFL draft. They will go exactly as we predict them to go today. So you you better be tuning in. Um, We also have a return of a segment that has been long lost because of COVID. Um, Stories from the Cincy Y, although it won't technically be from the Cincy Y uh, this week, it will be good. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Justin Fields third overall syndicate and how that's going. Let's rock. All right, before we get started, have to remind everyone, the draft, it's like less than two weeks away, 7 p.m. on PFF.com. The PFF live draft show will be airing. There's going to be a live draft tracker. Our beautiful faces will be there. You'll get alerted when picks are made, probably before ESPN alerts you. Uh, Chris is going to be there. We've got Darius Butler joining us, Steve, Austin. Mike, of course, and Ian Harditz is going to be in from uh, Columbus. So you want to check that out. It's 7 p.m. on Thursday, 6 p.m. on Friday, and then noon on Saturday. PFF.com. Make sure you check that out. It will be fantastic. And if you're listening to this on Sunday night, um, might not be turned on yet. But if you're listening to this on Monday, promo code DRAFT will get you a 30% discount on any subscription at pff.com. That includes the edge subscription, which gives you the NFL draft guide, the perfect accompaniment to the next two weeks, especially as you're watching the draft show live. So promo code draft, 30% off, go make it happen. All right, got that out of the way. Eric, how are you doing? You're looking, the, the beard growing is going well. I can see that even though we're not in the same place, I can see it here. So that must mean it's going well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's basically that my razor... Uh, died. Um, And the one time I went to go buy another one, it was closed. Uh, It was like 8.05, which is like, Uh yeah, where do we live when something's closed at 8.05? Um, I mean, Amazon? No, I like biked over, you know, I'm a two birds with one stone guy. So I biked over to one of the stores and then it was closed. So um but so is life so is life george are you um,
0: are you going to get one before the draft though yeah or are you yeah, just gonna yeah. show I mean, up?
1: I, I, i'm still trying to decide whether we whether i purchase some some new clothes from our friends our former friends our current friends at proper cloth or or if i go a different direction for that but i, I what what do the kids call it the drip the drip will be i have a
0: be- i have a surprise for you you're gonna oh. get you're gonna get the drip for free
1: We'll look at that.
0: Yeah. Thanks yeah. to a sponsor. Yet to be named. I'm not going to say anything until the the signature is on the line that is dotted. But I have tested. So here's the thing. I'll let, you, I'll let you in on how this process has gone. Got connected with a, um, uh, a clothing brand. They sent me some stuff. I have personally tested it out. Okay. I have worn the pants, the shirts, um, because, you know, I, I wouldn't just put you guys in anything. And I feel pretty good about it. Some pretty sweet stuff. So you don't have to. All you have to worry about, Eric. The only thing you have to worry about is the beard. That's it.
1: I will. I will have that. I will have that as the. Kids <laughs> Here's what we should sorted do. Sorted by by, uh, or as the adults say, I'll have that sorted by by that time. We should I'm also feed listeners... my second. Well, sorry for all the people that are going to be triggered by this. Shut up. I'm going to get my second uh, vaccine right around like right after the draft is over. So, like, <laughs> that, that whole weekend is going to be like, you know, And again, trigger. Which warning. day? Which day is it? Um, I think it's like legit set, it's Saturday, like right after the show.
0: So you're going to be Sunday. You're going to be in bed, basically. We'll see.
1: I mean, look, you know me. I'm tough. Yeah, um, I, I did like a 20 mile bike ride today. Look at I, you. I almost it's, I barely. Mountain man. I'm tough. I'll do it.
0: Um, I, I have a surprise for the listeners in a couple weeks about, uh, about a goal that, that maybe you'll join me in, but what, here's what I think the listeners should do now is they should, uh, voice their opinion on what kind of facial hair they want you to rock. And I think if anyone has any good creative ideas, cause the, 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 you know, the canvas is, is blank right now. You've got, you could do a lot of different things. Um, maybe they have some creative ideas. I, I, I've never I, seen you just a mustache, for example.
1: I refuse to do the mustache. For one, (laughs) um, my dad had a mustache basically my entire childhood. Okay. I always tried to get him to go full beard. I tried, you know, Jesus had a beard. I tried all this motivation. He finally shaved it off like right during the pandemic. So it's just kind of cool. I don't think I'll do a mustache. The other, uh, you know, uh, negative mark for the mustache is our friend Austin. It does not seem like it is enhancing anything with respect to his, you know, his life.
0: You do hate to see that, but maybe in solidarity. I and, could, you know, right, we, could let, could, go
1: in we could let the
0: listeners know this as well. You and Austin are going to be sitting next to each other on draft day. If both of you had a mustache. <laughs> All right. So we've gotten to the point where now people can comment in the uh, YouTube section. When the podcast actually starts, we start yeah. talking about football stuff. Um, I want to touch base uh, on the Justin Fields uh, third overall pick syndicate. As a reminder, for those of you that are joining on this very episode for the first time, Justin Fields to go third overall uh, was plus two hundred and fifty just about a week ago, and actually as as early as I guess Wednesday um, was still at plus two hundred and fifty. You still could have gotten that number. Since then. Since then, it has shot straight down. Uh, He is now the favorite, minus one twenty-five. It got all the way, I think, to minus one thirty-five. Is that the
1: case Um, in some places? Yeah, it was minus one thirty-four. I think it's still minus one thirty-five on on Fanduel. Our friends at DraftKings have it at minus one twenty-five, but they didn't move Mac Jones's number. I think that you know, honestly, I I could be wrong, and I I have no idea what's going on in the internals there. I do think what it probably is is that. A bunch. If you were going to bet Justin Fields, you already bet him at the and the, and this is why timing was important. Timing's a lot of luck. It wasn't two fifty last. Like we, I went over to Hollywood Casino in Indiana um, right after our podcast last week. Got down a bunch on two fifty. It was literally like one eighty by like Monday. Oh really? And then and then Thursday is when it when it flipped to Justin Fields being the favorite, I believe. Um, all people, there are a lot of consternation. Where is this coming from? Well, newsflash, the original line was bogus to begin with. It
0: was garbage.
1: So, so, and so it was just sort of, uh, correcting itself. Interestingly, we'll see maybe with Trey Lance, um, you know, doing his pro day this week. Um, maybe we'll see some money moving towards him. He's 300 on FanDuel, I believe three, no, sorry, 300 on DraftKings, uh, I think 380 or something on FanDuel. Um, but yeah, so we got the best of it there, I think. I mean, I don't I don't see Fields, you know, I think this line is actually relatively fair. The Niners could do mm-hmm. something really stupid, and that's why Mac Jones is plus 150. Um, and why Fields I think is is favored, but but not that much. You know, the implied probability after you include all the other players is like 42%, which is higher than the 30% that what which was the break even for the plus 250. So you're getting a really good number if you got to 250. Uh, I don't think I could bet minus 125 right now um, just because, obviously, um, we could be wrong. And and they could go with Mac Jones. They could go with Trey Lance. Um, but it's not well, necessarily is, about being right. It's about betting good numbers.
0: That, and that's what I was going to say. It's just like this isn't a victory lap in the sense that, oh, Fields is for sure going number three. This is about, and we joke about this, right, like getting closing line value. And by the way, this is a great sign for our new vineyard. Closing line value, Cleave Vineyards, which um, is going to skyrocket because of because of the syndicate, really. Um, but you have two and a half to one, and you, that is a that is by far uh, the best number. And now to the point where the market becomes more efficient, the closer you get to the draft, you see the the true number kind of shake out, and you're holding a ticket that's way better uh, in terms of the the odds there. So here's okay. I have a couple of things I want to float by you. So the first is you hear a lot of people coming out and saying, oh, my sources tell me this. My sources tell me this. And my hypothesis has been this whole time that everyone's sources suck because the only source that matters is the San Francisco 49ers decision makers. And everything that we know about the Niners from a macro perspective and from everyone that we have talked to is that no one in the 49ers has said anything. So what we're doing is we're betting on the player that by by far is the consensus third best or even second or first best in some situations, quarterback in the draft. Like the sources, I don't care if you have sources at every single team. What do they know about anything?
1: Well, and here's the thing, like, and and we're mostly picking on, I think, the most cocksure of people, you know, Michael Lombardi being one of them. um, You know, this idea, like, here's the thing, like Zach Wilson's going second to the jets. And you know why I know that because that's why the 49ers traded so quickly, you know, or traded so early in the process. The fact of the matter is Lawrence took at one Wilson at two It is known information. It's like the, it's the, it's the margin call, right? Like everybody knows it. So there's no benefit to the 49ers to wait right for anything to change right so they go ahead and go get three extend that a little bit let's say Michael Lombardi's right and it's not going to be fields it's going to be Mac Jones although he like hedged a little on that Vison video and said it could be Trey Lance okay whatever by the way M- Mr. Lombardi you have a once-in-a-lifetime betting opportunity yes now. Uh, Mac Jones at 150 or Trey Lance at plus 300 um, but the, you know the, he doesn't actually believe it's a lock, so that's probably why he's not you know all in on it. the The problem is, is if that were known, then the Atlanta pick would either the Atlanta pick would be more likely to have been traded by now because if if we know that the three top picks are Lawrence Wilson and Mac Jones, that fourth pick there's no incentive for Atlanta to do anything other than say who they're taking or trade the pick because, you know, that, that's kind of the, you know, everybody has the same information. And so we should act upon it. The time value of it isn't really all that important at that point.
0: What I was going to say um, in addition to this is that I think there are some other bets that, that could be made now that are similarly smart. So for my money, Trey Lance at, at plus 300, if I were to bet um, right now, so say I didn't get Justin Fields, I don't think I'd bet him at minus 125, um, but Trey Lance of plus 300, I think makes some sense. If you follow this train of thought, you're not trading three first round picks to get a guy whose ceiling is Kirk cousins. You're trading three first round picks for a guy whose ceiling is a top five quarterback in the NFL and Trey Lance, even though the the outcomes are wide, you know, he could be amazing. He could be, Holy crap. I can't believe I was suckered into North Dakota state guy. Number two, But his athleticism is also incredibly rare. And I guarantee you plus 300 is not what you see after his pro day. So I I think you could get a pretty decent price there. I'll also say this. If you are hedging, like there are some very intelligent people, former quarterbacks, you know, you look at like JT O'Sullivan um, Sage has talked about uh, Justin Fields here. Um, Nate Tice has talked about um, Justin Fields on the two for one draft spot. I recommend everyone check that out. Like I would almost hedge by taking Zach Wilson 25 to one at three. Like I, why couldn't the, why couldn't the information have been, Oh, the jets are going to take fields and we're fine with Wilson.
1: It could be. Um, and in fact, like that's probably so, and I said this on the uh, PFF daily betting podcast, which currently is just once a week, but it, I think it's still uh good information. I, you know, Ben asked me, he's like, well, what, what other bets are you trying to make? And I said, you know, I, I did take a couple more this weekend, but in reality, I think from here till the draft, a lot of the numbers are being pounded in. You have enough markets mm. as we'll talk about with it, when we try to predict the top 12 picks where like. there aren't that many off numbers in my opinion. So like what you could do here. um, And I know you you have like a principle against betting Mac Jones, but like, you know, (laughs) let's say Zach Wilson, 16 to one, to be first overall, you know, if you have a Zach Wilson, second overall ticket, like I do, obviously you could bet that, you know, you could bet a small amount there and cover a fraction of your losses. If you want to, Um, if you have Zach Wilson, at 25 to one to be third overall, again, you can cover, uh, some of your losses there as well. Um, and then the, you know, there are sort of other things you can do as well. Like, let's say here, here's what I think as well. If you like fields to go third or better right now, you should probably be betting the, the over under as opposed to mm-hmm. the specifically third overall, in my opinion, like that's, if you don't if you and I and frankly, in my opinion, I don't think that there, there's any uncertainty with pick one or two. But if there if I did think that there was, I would use the over unders as a way to hedge, as opposed to uh the specific exactas, right? Because that to me, like there's just a lot of degrees of freedom there. And if the just the right thing happens, you could be sitting holding the bag on a lot of them. It's also one of the reasons what's, why what's I bet fields, Mac Jones over three and a half position.
0: What is um what where is uh, Fields um the price on on three and a half?
1: Right. So right now, actually, um, there's actually an out that I have where um, you can get Justin Field. So here here's a couple bets that are interesting. I want to see your opinion on them. Okay. So I have an out where Trey Trey Lance is six and a half plus one ten to the over minus mm-hmm. one fifty to the under, and then I have one. Um, where, and I guess Fields is taken off the board, but previously Fields is four and a half and under was like minus 200. To me, obviously, like you're laying a big price there and it's probably why it's taken off the board. I don't see it actually on DraftKings, but like that's the way probably to bet him at three if you think that there's a ton of uncertainty that he goes specifically at three. Look, Yeah,
0: so a a couple of interesting ones that you brought up, the Lance... Under six and a half, I think is really interesting because that basically tells you. So you look at six, right? So Atlanta four, Cincy five, Miami six. Basically, what that is saying is someone is trading up to get Trey Lance, right? I mean, that that is that is the takeaway there. So either it's Denver, either it's uh, you know maybe um, Detroit has to, to move up to keep Denver from moving up, maybe the Patriots move up, but that's what that line is saying. I also think this is interesting. So let's go the the counter of you believe Justin Fields goes you know three or lower. You could certainly bet Jones or you could bet um, Trey Lance, but you could also bet. So say he slides, you could bet Atlanta to pick Fields at four to one. And to me, that is super interesting because if the Niners take, I think there's a legit shot the Niners take Trey Lance. Okay, I don't think there's a legit shot that the Falcons take Mac Jones. This is why I believe this is such a, a ridiculous line to begin with, because the only team anyone wanted to talk about for Mac Jones was the Niners. Why? Cause Kyle Shannon can make garbage look like a pot of gold. But if the Falcons are sitting there at four and Justin Fields is there, George's, you know, S- George's son. Um, I, I got to think that they're very intrigued about, about taking fields and they might do that. So I, I like that one as well. I think that the, um, the over-under position on on Lance is also interesting. And I would probably – it's it's tough. It's tough. But I would – at minus 150, I don't know, man. I, I think I would end up – I would end up betting – I would take the under. I just think that someone's going to trade up for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the other picks that I did make this week, which I thought you you might like, um, it's something that I'm seeing – that I'm hearing actually a fair amount of.
0: Ooh, sources.
1: Yeah. I took Jalen Waddle ahead of Devontae Smith. Oh yeah, um, it, is that an on, actual... on our friends at DraftKings? It's minus one hundred five. So and, and and Smith is uh, the favorite. I think a little bit at minus one hundred twenty or so. Um, you mean first? So, the, so you of can the actually. Two, so who's gonna go first, Waddle or Smith? Um, I I have yes. Chase tickets. Chase is minus six twenty five right now, so he's a heavy favorite to be the first. I would say that the bigger threat to chase um, if you're, if you're worried about him being the first wide receiver taken is Waddle.
0: I agree. And here's here, I think are the reasons why, if you look at the teams that might be selecting and we're going to go, we might as well just start um, with the, the predicting of the picks, but. Um, I, I think you could make a case for Waddle fitting in more of those situations than you could with Smith. So why don't we just get into it? I would bet Waddle, by the way, minus 104 right now. All right, we're going to get to the prediction of the top 12 picks in the NFL draft. But first, I'll tell you about a cool opportunity, a couple cool opportunities for you. Uh, on DraftKings and the DraftKings book. you can use the promo code PFF right now and turn $5 into $130 if the title contender of your choice wins in the octagon when the UFC Uh, again, goes to battle this weekend. versus uh, and Usman put on a show the last time they stepped into the octagon. And so round two is definitely going to be something that you will want to watch. So the way it works is you get 26 to 1 odds on either of them to reign victorious. So you pick your favorite one, put $5 down, get a chance to win $130. And if you don't like MMA, it's okay. Look, I'm not a huge MMA guy. I'll watch it. I'll bet it. Uh, but there's tons of basketball, hockey, and then of course draft props and NFL team futures for you at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code PFF turn that five dollars into one hundred and thirty. You must be twenty-one or older. New Jersey, West Virginia, Pennsylvania only. New customers are the ones that are eligible. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Also, Underdog Fantasy. You may have remember, may remember that name. It's been a little while since fantasy season is. You know been on the forefront of your mind but best ball fantasy is here and it's here to stay and underdog fantasy is probably the best place to play it uh you've got to check it out if you haven't their app is super slick use promo code pff deposit ten dollars and you'll get a free pff edge annual subscription that's a 40 value it gets you the draft guide and then you have 10 dollars to play best ball on the best best ball app out there underdog fantasy so promo code pff ten dollar deposit and get that free edge annual at underdog fantasy on the underdog fantasy app and now we are back to predicting the NFL draft. Let's get into it. So we're going to predict the 12, the first 12 picks in the NFL draft. And the reason that we're going to, the, the way that we're going to do that is we're going to use kind of the betting odds, tying them together, looking at which, um, which players are either favored to go to a particular team, a draft position, who the first, uh, that position is supposed to be, all those different things. So we'll start with Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is, is what, 101 um, to be the uh, first overall pick. So it's Trevor Lawrence one. Zach Wilson is minus five thousand to be pick number two.
1: By the way, there was a there was a really good um, I'm forgetting the name, but it's Rob Pozzola's podcast. Rob is a a friend of PFF and a uh, a, a professional sports veteran. and he was they were pondering when they were pondering essentially laying these big favorites um, if it, what, like basically once the draft approaches, and it was a really interesting discussion. Basically, mm-hmm. this idea of like if you want to lay the 100, of you know, 10,000 um, on Lawrence, um, wait until the very last minute before any, like, he can, like, get, you know, uh, you know, trip over a, a you know, a, a garbage can and, like, tear his ACL in the walkover. But, like, those are picks that you don't really want to th- – those are ones that you should have gotten a long time ago um, and just, you know, lay off them uh, at least until the, the very, very uh, day of the draft.
0: Yeah, I guess I would make the claim that, like, you only have so much money, you know, to, if you don't have infinite dollars to wager, I don't see a ton of value there. You you see what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah. for that to be worthwhile, you have to put so much money down. Yeah. Um, now, granted, you'll get the payout right then and there. But like, you know, you can't bet on any of the once the draft starts, you can't bet the others, you know, so like, um, that would be my pushback there. I do think it's really interesting, man, that Zach Wilson is minus 5,000 of the Jets. I, you know, I love Zach Wilson and, and so do you. And he looks fantastic in our projections. But I would say that like, there's a lack of talking about the uncertainty with him, which I think is being talked about a lot with, say, for example, Trey Lance, where, you know, it's a really small school. They, he you know doesn't have to face nearly as hard of a you know pass rush he's got a great offensive line all of these things, and we're going immediately to look at the throws that he's making, which is fine um but it's surprising to me it very much surprises me that he's just locked in at number two like i I look at him and fields and I go, you really that
1: sure that Zach Wilson is better than justin fields I think the answer is no i think that the i think that the so there's a ton of uncertainty here right like I personally, and like we've been talking about fields forever. Um, there are some aspects of fields that again, make me nervous. 28%, I believe, of his pressures last year were pressures that he that we charted him as responsible for. Kevin Cole tweeted out that you know as far as you know pressures that result in sacks or scrambles, he was first in the class. Like there's, you know, everything about him is great other than those things. But that's but then you look at Zach Wilson, who I think, my personal opinion, I think Zach Wilson is the most special sort of quarterback in the class. But as we talked about with Renner, that doesn't mean that he's going – like if I were – and I'm in a dynasty league. Like if I have the first pick in the dynasty league, I'm not taking Wilson over Fields if Fields goes to San Francisco. I'm taking Fields because he's going to be the best quarterback right away. But like there's a – And it was really interesting because we were the first ones that sort of said Fields is kind of that Shanahanian quarterback where some of those things he can get, he can avoid. And Wilson's sort of more of that Mahomes type quarterback. But then that always like, to me, there's uncertainty in both directions with Wilson. Like to me, he should be far more in the conversation to be the first pick that he should be. And then there's also this, this uncertainty on the back. And so should Fields. That he should, that he should be in the conversation with Fields. So uh, but it it does appear that these things are locked in, um, which you know, ob- you know, adds the context to the third pick. You know, the the implied probability is substantial with both of those, um, and you have to respect it. But that doesn't mean if you have some of these bets that you don't hedge off a little bit. Here's a
0: point that, and I'm going to reference uh, something for the second time this podcast. I was listening to Nate Tice on the Two for One Drafts podcast, son of Mike Tice, former. Minnesota Viking
1: Viking great Former Viking, Viking head great. Coach and tight end
0: and tight end um, and uh, he said something about Wilson that generally I don't think is a big deal, but I'll make a case for why it, it lends credence to what you're saying. Like we should just have more dialogue about this. He said, look, Zach Wilson's a small guy and he's not necessarily short. He's just kind of he's not particularly thick. You know, you look at you, people talk about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is like a big kid, you know, like Patrick Mahomes can take a beating as he did in the, in the Super Bowl and get up again and still make special plays. And the reason, you know, I think uh, Zach Wilson is probably playing weights like 205. He also looks like he should be uh, like tick you know, as a li- for a living, like based on his face. But that's neither here nor there. The reason I think it's it's relatively it adds uncertainty. The whole thing, Eric, is he was playing against athletes that are nowhere near as big. As NFL athletes, so if you were if you were playing at Clemson and did this right, I would be less concerned because he's he's facing the kind of continuous battle that he's facing in the NFL, much much better facsimile of that. Whereas at BYU, it's like the defensive lineman, you know, like throwing them to the ground just isn't nearly as big of a deal. Um, so that's, a, that's an area for concern. I don't have that same concern with Justin Fields. Like that guy's built like a tank. He literally played against Clemson and ripped them up with broken ribs. So I just think there is a ton of uncertainty there. However, for our prediction purposes, Lawrence, Wilson, pretty much locked in one and two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, both Mahomes and Wilson um, – you know, had higher yards per attempt, their second to their third to last year, then their second to last year, they had a dip. And then their final year is when they had the 90 plus grade ish for both guys. Mm-hmm. So both of them ascending figures by the time it got to the NFL. I, you know, Mahomes a little bit better uh, competition, but you know, the big 12 is what it is as far as um, competition sake. So the, it's interesting. I, you know, like I said, I think there should be more uncertainty about Fields in one direction, whether he should go first or second. There should be more uncertainty about Wilson, whether he should go in either direction. Um, but it looks like the market is what it is, and and for the third pick, obviously with Fields at minus one twenty five, it was one thirty, you know, it's one thirty five other places. I think Fields goes third, and then now we have to talk about what Atlanta does at four. Um, I gave you my opinion. Which is that when you look at the markets, Atlanta right now they're a fav- the, the the position that they are going to choose. If you look at DraftKings, um, the, its quarterback is the favorite at plus one forty. Tight end is right behind there at plus one fifty. Offensive lineman ten to one. Wide receiver ten to one. So it does look like it's Pitts quarterback or trade um, for them. Um, Pitts is the is the favorite to be the first non-quarterback at plus 125. So I think if Atlanta stays at four, I think you have to go with Pitts.
0: I Based on the first three, I agree with you. I think this is, and what we should do, maybe we should do this on Wednesday, is we should do drafts with pivot points. Like three is a pivot point, right? If Mac Jones goes three, here's what the rest of the draft looks like. Atlanta can do either of those three things. And I think it dramatically changes the rest of the draft based on that. Here's the only thing that gives me pause. So I think that trade down should be perhaps less of a favorite. Hearing Thomas Dimitrov talk about being a first time GM, wanting to make a decision, wanting to pick a player that you feel has a chance to be great. Okay. Also, where did Terry Fontenelle come from?
1: That's a good question. I, I actually don't remember.
0: Didn't he come from, and we may, maybe we have to edit this out, but uh, he came from the uh, the Saints, right? Okay. And the who, reason... Who is
1: the, the, Jimmy Graham? Are you talking about Jimmy Graham?
0: No. So let's see. Let me make sure I get this right. He's from Louisiana. Yes. He was with the Saints. Okay. Now, the reason I bring that up is, um, and I just really didn't want to get that along. By the way, went to Tulane. Roll away. <laughs> roll away, roll away, just but like the reason, our,
1: our guy, Brad. Roll the reason
0: away. I bring up that is what are the saints known for doing? Sure as hell ain't trading down. <laughs> no, no.
1: It, it's about being bold. He's it's about strong. being
0: bold. So I would go, um, and I apologize for the long windedness of that. I just want to make sure I wasn't getting it wrong, but yes, he was with the saints before going to the Falcons is, I think he wants to make a splash. Now, if fields is not there, I have a hard time. With him going, you know what? I'm going to take a project at Lance. He's not taking Mac Jones. You know why? He's already got Matt fucking Ryan. Okay. Matt Ryan will be better than Mac Jones for the next two years. So I don't see, I don't think Lance is the guy that he stakes his claim on. I think he looks at Kyle Pitts and he goes, damn. You know, it's not too dissimilar, honestly, from Dimitrov going with Julio Jones. Like that's, Kyle Pitts is a absolute beast. He had 14 average depth of target and zero drops. Like that is insane to me. So I agree with you. I think Pitts at four is the is the one to go with now. Um, and then we go to Cincinnati and Miami. So Cincinnati is interesting because with Pitts gone, it's basically Sewell or Chase. And ha- so how did you, I, I guess Sewell should be the favorite. He's definitely the favorite in the market, but I do think it should be close.
1: Well, and Sewell's stock in the market. I mean, I this is the one bet where I'm an absolute square. I took Panay Sewell at like ten, minus a thousand to be the first offensive lineman. It's now, it's now, now minus four hundred. Minus, minus four hundred. So like, I I'm sweating this one out. Um, his over under six and a half. As is Chases Slater's nine and a half. Slater's two two and a half to one plus two fifty to be the first offensive lineman taken. Um, but when you look at you know. Uh, the Bengals, you know, they did like, there was the rumor that they were going to like Sewell like a long time ago, mm-hmm. but you look at it now and it's becoming far more sexy to sort of say that they're going to take Jamar Chase and pair him with Joe Burrow. Right now on fan or, I'm sorry DraftKings, offensive lineman is plus 120, wide receivers plus 120, and then tight end is plus 250. So this could go either way. Um, I, I'm leaning towards Sewell, but that is a huge uh that that's been a, like just a really anchoring prior for me um because i i've always thought sewell would go there it's also one of the reasons i have an article coming out you know early this week where if you look at the first non-quarterback taken sewell is plus 250 um i think that's the best bet among them because if atlanta trades that pick for a mm-hmm. quarterback i still think cincinnati takes sewell there um and that's where i'm going with but i would not be surprised in the slightest if it was jamar chase
0: Neither would I. And I, I just think that the way the NFL values different positions um, and their ability to get them in the draft. I think that's, I think the the common thought is it's harder to find a tackle than it is to find a wide receiver and no one, they don't even get to the value component of it. Right. It's just like, that's where the conversation stops. So um, while, and I apologize for the background noise of Washington, DC, the district right now, um, but Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase is the guy we would pick. And so for that reason, I do think they go Sewell. Um, and then that that takes us to Miami. Now, here's interesting. So we've, we've got these lined up first 12. Where do you think the most likely trade is among these three? Atlanta, Cincy, Miami.
1: I think it's my – I mean, I trade – like so we're doing that, that analyst mod. Yep. I traded as a member of the Miami Dolphins. I think that that's where – I mean, that's a pivot point too. When you look in, you look at the markets with Lance at six and a half. And, you know, I, I think that that's a place where some team is going to take Trey Lance. I don't know if it's going to be Miami, but I do think um, there is a chance that they trade there to a desperate team. This
0: is, this is where I would, you know, if I'm, if I'm kind of predicting this with trades, I think this is where the trade happens. And I believe that it's Denver moving from nine up to up to six with Miami. They get ahead of Detroit. They get ahead of Carolina. They make sure that the Patriots don't s- squeak in there. Um, and and they take they t- take Trey Lance. And the reason that I think Miami does that is then you, you go, OK, Detroit is next. And then you've got um, Carolina. Now, I think Carolina is locked in on a tackle as funny as that is so Mm -hmm. then you've got detroit there and do you think detroit is detroit taking chase or have they been burned by the you know taking a wide receiver in the first so many times um do they go with like micah parsons or something you know like i think from miami's perspective they could still get jamar chase at nine so to me this is where that trade should happen now if they stay there i agree with you they are taking jamar chase because it's a clear area of need. He's minus six twenty-five on DraftKings to be the first wide receiver taken. But for my money, this is where Denver makes a move.
1: Yeah. So so I have it. If if Miami stays put, I think that they're going to go with Chase. I think then Detroit sees an opportunity to go Trey Lance at seven. Um. I think if Detroit if, if Lance is the pick at six, then Chase is Detroit's pick at seven. Which I would, be, I would say if he gets to seven, talk
0: about. Talk about Jared. Goff. I don't know if Jared Goff's a listener, but Jared Goff right now is getting on the getting on the horn with <laughs> with Denver. I'm like, hey guys, you want to trade up? We're interested. We're very interested. I I can get Dan Campbell on the phone here very shortly, um, and uh, Brad Holmes as well, and that we can get a deal done. Because think about what that does for him. Trey Lance comes in there. Okay, that team is not very good, and you think about the type of quarterback that um, can raise a. team team's offensive performance if it's not very good it's a mobile one which is not Jared Goff what Jared Goff needs is a guy like Jamar Chase or another receiver um and so that massively helps him which is so that's a crazy the the fact that Jared Goff's career might be riding on Denver wants to move up is kind of funny um okay so if they if they stay there we have Miami taking Chase and then that gets us to Detroit which you just talked about with Trey Lance um, if they don't go Trey Lance, what do you think Detroit does there?
1: Uh,
0: well, so if Chase goes to Miami. Yep. Chase goes to Miami. So we have Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Pitts, Sewell, Chase. Yeah. Top six.
1: Yeah. Cause if you look at, um, yeah. So if you look at the Lions, th- that's the thing. So like offensive lineman is five to one. Linebackers plus four fifty, wide receivers, you know plus one twenty. I I do think they probably still dip in and maybe go somebody like Jalen Waddle, um, or Devontae Smith. There, there's a chance that they go with Micah Parsons, and I think that that's why up until like maybe a week and a half ago, Parsons was the favorite to be the first time first defensive player taken. Um, I would, you know, the market would seem to imply that they're going to go wide receiver there. So Waddle Smith, Um, they could also go Slater too. I mean, it's not like their offensive line is great. Um, I think I have Slater just going a little bit later to Carolina.
0: Yeah, I think so. I I like the idea though of them going with Lance. It's kind of like the perfect situation for them. You know, they get a guy with a super high ceiling um, that they don't have to play right away. And um you know, I think it's the right shot for them to take. And here's the other thing to bring up with Detroit. Uh, First time GM, you know, so like I think Brad Holmes will be looking to, okay, let me, make a, let me make a statement here. I think that's why Lance makes sense. So then we go to Carolina at eight. And this one to me feels, you know, we, we've talked about like the last four picks being, oh, they could go this way, they could go that way. Carolina and Rashawn Slater, the um, offensive tackle from Northwestern makes just like too much sense to me. I just feel like the art—he'll be wearing an art smock with Matt Rule in no time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you—you uh, you would imagine that the—the the acquisition of Cameron Irving did not dissuade uh, Carolina so. from uh, selecting an offensive tackle here. Um, so, yeah, it, it just makes too much sense. Slater nine and a half over under. Um, I think Denver even. Um, You know, I don't think Denver is going to take an offensive lineman there um, at nine if they stay put because, you know, we're coming up on Mac Jones here, I think, from them. Um, So, uh, yeah, I think Slater, by by virtue of what you see in the marketplace, they're also offensive line is plus 120 to be the first um, for Carolina, which is the favorite. So
0: then we get to Denver and this one I think is super interesting. So Denver, um, Denver is actually the favorite to I think it's a plus 300 to take Trey Lance. So that's why we talked about the, the trade-up situation. What I do think is interesting, though, is let's say they can't quite pull the trigger. Maybe Atlanta, Cincy, Miami, they all really locked in on those players. So they stay at nine. One of the interesting things about Mac Jones, who would be the quarterback that's left leftover, is it keeps the door open for Drew Locke, who seemingly they want with every fiber of their being to somehow be the guy. And um, so I think that's interesting. I also think it's sneakily one of the best places for Mac Jones because he has a bevy of wide receivers that are going to get open. One of whom Jerry Judy was an Alabama wide receiver just a couple of years ago. Um, That would be, you know, obviously San Francisco would be great. But like, I think that is Mac Jones lucking into a fantastic situation and Denver getting a decent step in the right direction, like as a person owning um, you know, Denver futures, like, I would like that, right? I would feel a lot better about them with Mac Jones than I would with Drew Locke.
1: Yeah, and uh, Pat Shermer, I think, you know, with history uh, of garnering success from quarterbacks who are limited athletically, um, Sam Bradford, Case Keenum, um, even Eli Manning, like, I think when he was the head coach there, um, I, you know, you look back, their offense is actually a lot better than I think perception would, It you know, would give rise to. Um, so that, yeah, that, that is, I think uh, a good place for him to go. Um, Denver is plus 110, plus one ten, plus one fifteen uh, to be the first, have their first pick be a quarterback. There are co-favorites with the San Francisco 49ers, I believe to take uh, Justin, to be a, you know, to take Justin Fields first. Um, so there, are certainly quarterback is the thing uh, that, that Denver is favored to do there. Um, but yeah, so by the way, we're through nine picks, no defensive players taken done. It will be interesting because the last time, so the record for the latest it took for a defensive player to be chosen was 1999, which is champ Bailey was seventh overall pick, um, by the Denver, by the Washington football team. And that was the last year also that three quarterbacks went with the first three picks. So kind of an interesting, uh, history lesson there. Um, uh, by the way, just... you
0: said, just real quick, I think you said, um, Justin Fields, you meant to say Trey Lance. So Trey Lance, team to draft, Broncos and Niners, both three sure, to Sorry, one.
1: I meant Trey Lance. Yeah, yep.
0: but I think this is useful, just uh, talking about it. So Denver Broncos uh, and Niners, three to one. Falcons and Patriots, five to one. Washington football team, eight to one. They were four to one, just uh, like last week. Uh, Panthers, nine to one. Bears, ten to one, which is interesting. Um, And Detroit Lions are 11 to one to take Trey Lance. So, you know, if you're looking at this is interesting, right? Because we're trying to predict them, you know, and so you're looking at Detroit and you're going, man, there is a path to Trey Lance there. Certainly 11 to one, you know, that, that, because if Atlanta, if Atlanta goes, okay, we're, we're taking a player, we're not moving off this pick. We want this generational talent. Cincinnati feels the same way. And then Miami is like, well, fuck, Jamar Chase. Like we get Jamar Chase. Yeah, hell yeah. Occam's razor,
1: <laughs> Occam's razor would suggest. So I'm I'm imputing a lot of intelligence on the on the part of the, the Dolphins because they acted very smartly as a team. Mm-hmm. But like Occam's razor would suggest, they made that trade so that they could get one of those three yeah, top nine yeah. quarterbacks. And so that could happen. If you're Detroit and you're at seven, like you're already in the tank, right? And you have a quarterback who has played that part before on the other side, right? When the LA Rams moved to LA or St. Louis moved to LA, they drafted Goff. Keenum started for nine games, gave way to Goff. Or th- that th- there's something there. Like at eleven to one, that may, might be something. When you know we go ahead and, and drive to Indiana next Wednesday and make our hedges, that might be one where you know we might put a few shekels on it.
0: I I like it a lot. Interestingly, the team to draft Justin Fields, the Lions are also 11 to 1. Doesn't seem like there's been a ton of thought there. Uh, For Fields, it's Niners minus 121. This is on DraftKings. Falcons, 4 to 1. Patriots, I mentioned that earlier. Patriots, 6 to 1. Broncos, 8 to 1. Washington football team, 10 to 1.
1: Minus 121 is better, obviously, than what he's currently at for the third pick. So that shows you that these markets, there's sometimes when one moves and the other's slow to react. That one's you know leaving some, if you're going to bet him at 3 you might as well just bet him to the niners at minus 121 you're saving 4 cents so
0: yeah look all it adds up interest um okay we've got uh denver or sorry dallas and the 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 nfc least dallas new york and philly back to back to back so dallas um they're plus 100 to take a cornerback And it probably, it was Caleb Farley. Now it's no longer Caleb Farley. Sertan is the, the, the the favorite to be first corner selected. Yes.
1: Yep. And that, that market's been interesting. JC Horn was once eight to one to be the first corner selected. Now he's seven to one to be the first defensive player selected. So if you got some horn early in the process as we did, um, that's a really like a good ticket to be sitting on, but I do think it's going to be Sertan here for a few reasons. I think, you know, Dan Quinn's the defensive coordinator there.
0: Um, Their defense you know, was so bad. It was so bad, bad.
1: But, like, he likes, you know, he likes corners. And, and Sertan, we just did this exercise for the draft show. Sertan had the second best athleticism score in among cornerbacks in this draft class. Uh, Melonfano's Fano's brother was first. Um, you, you have Trayvon Diggs there. What was Dan Quinn's signature in Seattle? It was having good corners. It was having good defensive backs. Um, you know what didn't he have in Atlanta after a while? After Alford got hurt and Trufant got hurt, and and Terrell is a rookie. He didn't have cornerbacks, right? So you look and you you pair them there. This to me is he you know the the uh, Dallas is plus one hundred. Take a corner, easily the favorite among them. Sertan first defenders plus one twenty. Uh, the favorite there was he was not the favorite just a few weeks ago. To me, this is actually a fairly straightforward pick. here, a Sertan to Dallas.
0: I agree with you, which leaves us with the giants and the Eagles. And this is going to be interesting because the way that the, you know, predicting this out. So like the giants spent a ton of money to go get Kenny Galladay. Okay. Uh, contested catch receiver. You know, he's going to, he's going to be your number one guy. Right. But He's not going to be your speed guy, and so you look at Smith and Waddle here, and that would you know that would cause you to lean Waddle if you think both these teams are going to take a wide receiver. And you look at the Giants, and you go, okay, well the tackles are gone. They they took a tackle last year, so they're not you know reaching on a tackle here. Um, their defense was pretty solid last year, but like, are they really going to take? Micah Parsons in this position, I think that's the one that if they take Parsons, I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh a little bit because I think Waddle here is definitely the pick. Um, he's plus at uh, they're plus two fifty to take receiver first.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Here's the thing: I've never really been a fan of the Giants' approach to anything, but if Daniel Jones has even half of what Josh Allen had last year as far as an ascension it's, this team could be good. Like, right. Cause they have, you know, they have Shepard, they have uh Slayton. um, They have, you know, they have some players on the outside. Ingram could be okay. They drafted Matt Parrott as well as drafting Andrew Thomas, you know, the, 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 the uh learning curve there. And you look at their defense, they're built really solidly in the secondary and that's a bunch of bad quarterbacks in that division aside from Dak. So, they could be good. Now, they could screw it all up by saying, by spending a ton of money on uh, Blake Martinez and then drafting Micah Parsons and completely screwing this up. But I do think Waddle, in a rational world, Waddle's the pick. Both he and Smith, 11 and a half is the rover under. Um, Smith is a little bit favored to be the pick. But I can't see Joe Judge drafting a 160-pound wide receiver. I, I can see him drafting a more like NFL-sized wide receiver here, and that's again we talked about this. So that's why I like the Waddle over Smith pick because I think if it, if it turns out this way, I think there's enough teams in the NFL that think Waddle's not only better than Smith but the best wide receiver in the class that, that ends up being the pick there.
0: I think this actually works out really nicely for the Eagles. Like I think the Eagles would. Be better off with Devonte Smith than with Jalen Waddle, and the main reason for that is Jalen Rager. You can't have two Jalen's, you know, on the same team. That's the first thing. Uh, but the second thing is Jalen Rager is a speedster, and you kind of uh, you pair him with Devonte Smith, who's not slow by any stretch of the imagination. But I think fits better as their kind of go-to guy, with Rager being more of a big, you know, a big play receiver. Um, and I, and I think Devonte Smith at 12, honestly, is fantastic value. Like, I look back on these, and let's just recap them right here. So Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, Jets, Zach Wilson, BYU, Niners, Justin Fields, Ohio State, Falcons, Kyle Pitts, Florida, Cincinnati, Panay, Sewell, Oregon, Miami, Jamar Chase, LSU, Detroit, Trey Lance, North Dakota State, Carolina, Rashawn Slater, Northwestern; Denver, Mac Jones, Alabama; Dallas, Patrick Sertan, Alabama; New York Giants, uh, Jalen Waddle, Alabama, and Devontae Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. Um, of all of those, I don't. I think you make the case that Philadelphia getting Devontae Smith at twelve might be the best value.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest the biggest steal in the draft could be Lance at seven to Detroit. I even think as much again, the problem with Mac Jones is never that he's a bad prospect. It's him compared to fields. I think, (laughs) I think Jones at nine to Denver is a great value. And I think Smith to Philadelphia is a terrific value there too. Um, Yeah. I I, I'm, I'm excited to see how this, these things shake up. There's a little bit of anchoring I think we have with respect to Sewell, but sometimes, you know, all this smoke near the end of the process ends up being just that. And I, I think, I think Sewell at five is the one where maybe may, – that one's maybe something that we're anchoring on, um, but I, I'm willing to go with it.
0: Yeah, that's why it's so hard to predict, but we give it a shot. Um, all right, we are going to close this out with uh, – I'm going to tell us a little story here. So I haven't gone to uh, a real gym in a real long time. We used to go to the Cincinnati Y. We we're going to tell – if you're new to this podcast, we had a segment called Stories from the Cincy Y. And as you can imagine, Cincinnati Y has as great of a gym as it is, has some funny uh, situations that arise, whether it be in the locker room, the steam room, the pool, wherever it may be, there's some crazy shit that happens. So uh, because of the pandemic, I have not been working out at a gym um, and I'm in D.C. at the moment and the gym in the apartment here is reservation only and it's only two people at a time and everything was booked up on uh, on Friday. So, um, I am doing some searching. There's a gym right down the street, um, that had, you could get like a trial pass. I'm like, okay, let's, let's get it here. I got I got to get a workout in. So I get the trial pass. I show up. Now, first off, I have not been to a gym other than the Cincinnati Y in a long time also. And apparently gyms are basically nightclubs at this point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first thing I was going to mention. Everything is dark. There's like blue and purple and orange, like fluorescent lights everywhere. I was weirded out. It was very strange. Okay. I felt like I was in a club. Okay. So I'm in Isn't there. Is that
1: just like what Equinox is, from what I can tell? Equi- no,
0: the Equinoxes that I have been to uh, Equini- are, at least Equini- the... are actually well lit. <laughs> this, I shit you not. It was like dark. Okay. <laughs> it was fucking <laughs> dark. Um, there are also, A ridiculous number of trainers, every like one out of every three people there had a trainer, which was interesting. Um, And not a lot of people actually sweating. Uh, So very interesting uh, dynamic there. Okay, I'm going to get to the cut to the chase here. So they have a ton of equipment. I have been working out without a lot of equipment. So I'm pretty excited. I go through first part of my workout. I do a run. uh, I get some, uh, I do a bike and now I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to do some strength. So, uh, they've got barbells. I haven't used a barbell in forever. I'm really excited. Uh, so I am doing uh, overhead reverse lunges and I'm taking it easy. I'm, I'm working up, you know, I'm, I'm stacking the weight on there progressively, making sure everything feels good, but I had to hop on a, on the, on the phone. So I get on the phone, I'm, I'm on set five of six. I get on the phone and, uh, 15 minutes go by, I get off the phone and, I've got to, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to hop right back in. I'm an idiot. So, you know, I don't have a ton of weight on there. I think I had 205. And uh, first one, I go back and like, oh, I'm a little uh, a little cold here. Second one, I go back and no joke, like just I had headphones in. I heard my quad pop <laughs> I crumbled to the floor. <laughs> Just an absolute disaster. I could, I'm like crawling around. I'm almost throwing up because the pain is so intense, and uh, I can barely walk at this point. Not good.
1: Yeah that that's not great. Like, um, as somebody who's been injured before, you know, hurt uh, mm. a calf muscle significantly <laughs> during, uh, like, literally the, the week last after year, the yeah. Super Bowl last year. Um, had my fair share of injuries during uh, my career. The the pop, hearing the the gunshot to the back of the leg or the front of the leg, feeling is is just an absolute uh, travesty. I gotta say though, and and look, if the, if anybody from the Cincy y is listening to the podcast, hit us up for free subscriptions because I would say, you know, we come in like we come to the office like once a week. I try to do now. We should be playing, you know, couple three on three games at mm-hmm. the Y. Um, starting pretty soon here. And then that way we can chronicle them. If we do them like before the podcast, can you imagine?
0: Uh, I can't because we'd probably look pretty special uh, during the podcast. Also, right now, I can't even think about, okay, so you know me. I had to try and get, you know, I can't not work out. So I'm like trying to work out. I tried to go on like a light jog, not, not happen, not even remotely close to happening. So I'm not in basketball shape right now. Okay. Yeah,
1: I, I need to get into basketball shape. Like I'm in like jogging shape and like you know biking up hills shape. But I I well look like God, you're in need chopping
0: needles. wood shape,
1: right? <laughs> like my Paul Bunyan Minnesota coming through. I need I need to start like just start a raining threes. I need to just get in and start you know shooting the ball a little bit.
0: Get your page on. Yep, um, you'll work on your three. I'll work on my quad. We'll make it happen. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday as we usually are Wednesday evening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Remember, go to pff.com. Get yourself 30% off any subscription. We'll see you on Wednesday. Peace out.